Welcome to Forward. Educate yourself on the new world. The podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance with your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Real chiropractic talk. No rainbows, no unicorns. Start putting in the work. The biggest names in the industry. The legends, the innovators, the up-and-comers. This is the podcast for progressive DCs. So buckle up. Passion is the feeling you have that you would probably do this for free, and you can't believe somebody pays you to do it. Yes, hello, everybody, and welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. And as the announcer said, I am your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Today we have a special guest we've had on the podcast before. This is Mr. Travis Hornsby from studentloanplanner.com. Uh, if you don't know about Student Loan Planner, please do check out their website, which is studentloanplanner.com. They help manage getting, getting rid of student loan anxiety and helping you uh, with, from their certified financial planners and certified financial assistant professionals. They've helped over 2,500 clients and have saved a projected $120 million over the lifetime of students and their loans. Um, so we're going to talk about student loans. Uh, Travis will also be joining us at Forward 2019, September 20 through the 22nd at Logan University in Chesterfield, Missouri. Uh, you can find out more about that event at forwardthinkingchiro.com and clicking on the annual convention button. Uh, he will be there on Friday, which is the uh, expo. We have these TED-like talks. If you've ever seen a TED talk on YouTube, we do that, but we bring in a lot of interesting people related to the chiropractic profession or work within the chiropractic profession, and we give them full reign to talk about whatever fascinating things they want to talk about in a quick and entertaining and thought-provoking fashion. And then afterwards, we have a cocktail party to welcome everyone to the convention, which will go on Saturday and Sunday after that. Uh, so please join us if you haven't bought your ticket yet. There are tickets available, uh, and there is even a special uh, one-day ticket for people who want to see just the main event or just really can't get away for a whole weekend, but you want to see the main event, which includes Greg Cook, Professor Dr. Greg Kochuk, uh, Annie O'Connor, PT, Dr. Christine Gertz, Dr. Brett Winchester, and so on. Uh, you can check that out for a low price as well. So that's it for that. Uh, don't forget that this podcast is brought to you by the American Chiropractic Association, which will be there uh, at Forward 2019, including a special speaker. I heard that the president of the American Chiropractic Association will be addressing the audience at the convention. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Parker Seminars. Uh, check out the Parker Seminars lineup. They have a great event coming up in October. Pain Zone, ipainzone.com. Don't forget to get your free samples at ipainzone.com and uh, check out a great product. They actually produce multiple great products, but you want to check out the Pain Zone product for sure. And Advanced Musculoskeletal Therapies, home of the Miracle Wave. Check out the Miracle Wave. It's uh, extracorporeal shockwave therapy for, uh, especially for musculoskeletal tendinopathy type injuries. Uh, but it has many applications that are beneficial to your practice. And if you're in the market for a shockwave device, there isn't a better one than the Miracle Wave. Uh, so with all that being said, let's get on to our podcast with Travis Hornsby of studentloanplanner.com. Hey, 
And here we are, everybody, with Travis Hornsby of the Student Loan Planner. I got that right, right, Travis? That's it? Yep, studentloanplanner.com. Did you change anything on me midstream since the last episode? No, sir. All right, so uh, let's drop that, e- that website one more time so people can write it down. Sure, students. Sure, studentloanplanner.com and make sure you uh, scroll to the bottom to click on the chiropractor section so you can read those articles. Sweet. And uh, so since the last time we've talked, which has been about a year, has anything changed in the student loan world? What a great question. So there's been all kinds of... I'll tell you this. Everyone still has their student loans. (laughs) Yeah. Bernie hasn't wiped it away yet? What? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I joke that uh, I joke with my wife sometimes that if Bernie won, you know, then I just yeah, I just have to pack up and just you know move to like I don't know Alaska or something and fish for <laughs> crab or whatever they do up there. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'd have to find a new line of work, right? So now we know uh, how you're voting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I joke with my dad, like I think he voted for Bernie in the primary, and I'm like, Dad, dude, you want to put me out of a job? And uh, <laughs> I mean, realistically, I think that you know, to do something like forgiving all student loan debt would, would be, <clears throat> it wouldn't, it wouldn't pass. I think it's more of like a posturing position versus anything because it would cost so much money that your kind of center left Democrat would have to support something like that. And there, I don't think there's any way that a center left Democrat would support the $1.5 trillion proposal that Senator Sanders proposed. I think that they would definitely go along with something more like what Senator Warren has proposed, which is more of a targeted kind of loan forgiveness. So her plan is actually a like if you if you kind of believe in that kind of um, you know approach to things politically, the, her plan is actually fairly well designed for that goal because it would target all of the smaller balances. So it'd wipe away loans for probably ninety ninety five percent of people. But unfortunately, it would not touch the really high balances in the chiropractic community that much. And yeah. that makes sense from a financing perspective because basically she takes the smallest balances and wipes out that. And that costs 600 something billion for the you know, 90% bottom borrowers and the top 10% of borrowers are going to have their loans still around. And so I would anticipate that if she were to win, she might try to push for something like more generous income driven repayment terms. So that's definitely been something proposed. So something that would be of interest to chiropractors is right now you get about a 150% of the poverty line as your deduction for your student loan payment before you have to make anything uh, before, sorry, before you have to pay anything rather. So so that's about an $18,000 deduction for a single person. Now, if you're making 50,000 a year, subtract that deduction and they take 10% of that and that's your payment, right? So, somebody that's making 50,000 a year of income, probably paying like $300 a month. The, uh, the proposal that I've seen from the Democrats that's most popular, if they win in 2020, would be something that would probably increase that deduction that you get to use at a lower income level. So if you're like a 50, 60 kind of income person, then they would basically give you a deduction that would be probably like more like 25 or 30,000. So it's just a higher deduction on your income. So your payment could, I could easily see a situation where a Democrat wins and they make a new kind of loan system where you pay like instead of 300 a month, maybe you're paying 200 a month. And then also they probably would make some clarity around the tax bomb issue at some point when you, people start getting hit with it. My editorial, my political editorial on that is uh, if this is something that's needed, why are they holding it for ransom under victory terms only, you know, but I get it. I'm not, you know, I understand they're saying if we win, we'll do this. <laughs> but well, I'm just yeah. the kind of guy who's like, how about you just do it? Well, and realistically, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, that, I don't think that that would even happen. Uh, well, I, I'll say this. Right, yeah, it's not going to most yeah, likely like, happen anyways. Right, like to, to do that from the, from the loan system, I, I mean, I do think that the loan system could change it where it's more generous for lower income people and less generous for higher income people. I mean, I think that that could certainly happen, especially as you start to long-term get some bad headlines for like, you know, this person borrowed 500K at taxpayer expense and is paying nothing of it back, you know, and this person's a doctor and like even a chiropractor, you know, you're, you're still a, a doctor that's, you know, people that are the average man on the streets kind of looking up at you kind of with some, uh, some, some, I don't want to say jealousy, but they're, you know, they're making lower income than you. Right. So that's, that's one thing I can say is even though there's some struggles out there for people getting full-time jobs and getting, you know, wages that are, you know, commensurate with their education, uh, you're still making more, you're still making the median household income for a family in America, you know, as a, as a, as a chiropractor. So that's, you know, 50, 60 K, uh, that's, that's, you know, a decent income to compare to a lot of people. And if a lot of people start getting loan forgiveness, there's going to be some animosity there from a political standpoint. And so I could, you know, I could see a situation where they don't make a lot of changes, but you know, depending on the political environment. Right. But, right. but the key, I guess the key headlines, like without getting too in the weeds is Democrats want things to be more generous than they are today. Republicans want them to be less generous, but not affect people that are currently hurting with the loans. So that's good. Because that means no matter what happens, things are either going to stay status quo or they're going to get more generous. And there's a very low probability that they get less generous. So for your average chiropractor out there, that means that if you've got 150 to 200K in loans and you're making, you know, 50, 60K or even, you know, 80K, uh, you know, if you're like a successful practice owner, you're probably making that. But after a lot of deductions, you know, because you can write up a lot of things off as a practice owner that you can't as an associate. Right. So, you know, so that person is still on track to go for loan forgiveness. That person is still on track for, you know, generally most chiropractors, I suggest the pay as you earn plan for them now because a lot of chiropractors are, are getting married to people without big student loans. And when that happens, if you get legally married, you have to include your spouse's income and in the payment calculation. But under this pay as you earn program, you can file taxes separately and you can exclude your income from that program, or for, sorry, exclude your spouse's income from that program. So let's say that you know a chiropractor marries a teacher, and they're making fifty k a year, and the teacher's making forty k a year. Well, you can file taxes separately, and on that pay as you earn plan, and then you can exclude your teacher spouse's income from your payment calculation, which saves you a bunch of money every year, saves you a few, couple thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's huge. That's um, those are strategies I think most people don't really consider until it's too late. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the good news is that I don't think it's ever too late for most chiropractors out there. I mean, you know, even if you are somebody that went to school back in like the, even the 90s or early 2000s, like we've had some, some people kind of that are, that are still struggling with those loans and you still have some consolidation options and repayment options for those under federal programs. I think that there's probably a solid, you know, minority, certainly definitely the minority of people, but I think that there's a minority of people out there uh, that are DCs that are kind of really struggling to the point where maybe they're a little late on their payments or maybe even delinquent or defaulted in their payments just because they are kind of, you know, just to talk about that kind of tail end of the distribution for a second, they're, they're frustrated, they're, they're angry in some cases, they feel, feel like they maybe are not making the income they were promised. And so when that's the case, you have all this debt that you're supposed to pay back. Well, why would I pay in this debt when I didn't get what I wanted out of my education. I don't feel like I should have to pay that, right? Like that's kind of the emotional aspect that we see goes through some people's heads sometimes if they're not making their goals that they want in the profession. 
that sure. they train they train for. And so what I would tell somebody there is I've I've got good news. I've got a lot better analogies than I had a year ago, Bobby. So <laughs> you know, that's good news, right? So yeah. so one of my analogies here is the worst case scenario is your student debt is a tax and not a debt, which means that your worst case scenario, approximately you're going to get a hit with 10% of your income towards your student loan payment. And then about 5% of your income needs to be going away into a mutual fund account like Vanguard to prepare for the tax bomb you'll owe. Because, yeah. you know, forgiven debt for chiropractors is, is considered taxable income because most chiropractors are not employed by nonprofit organizations. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great advice right there. So uh, when, when I was in chiropractic college, that was almost the advice they gave. They were sort of laissez-faire as in like, well, you're going to have student loan debt but just throw everything else in the stock market and it'll all kind of work out in the end. <laughs> there wasn't a tax bomb there then in the mid 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the mid 2000s, they were looking back at the 90s with stellar stock market returns, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, but the good news 14 is- 14% and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and even like popular podcasters, I won't name, you know, talk about, oh, you're going to get 12% on your mutual funds. Well, that's <laughs> Not going to happen probably. Uh, you know, so the good news is, is I found a lot of data and I've just done a lot of math since when we last talked about what the most important things are to live a good financial life to give you a little, little preview of the, of the, of the talk I'm going to give at, at your event later this year. Um, yeah, so, let's do that. So we can now admit no one is going to fly in like an angel and save your uh, quote unquote ass from your student loan debts. You're still responsible. But there are professionals here that can absolutely help you and give you the proper advice. Uh, we have one of those professionals who will be speaking at Forward, Can uh, Forward St. Louis in September 20th. He will be there, which is Friday, and that is our guest right here. Uh, and then, and so Travis is going to give us a little preview of what he might talk about. Although I gave all the TED Talkers on Friday permission to talk about whatever they wanted, this is what Travis wants to talk about. How yes. Was that? That was great. That was great. So, so the, the little insight into what I'm going to give you is, okay, you've got your 10% tax on your loans. You've got your 5% tax that needs to be going away in savings, you know, and so that's 15% of your income. So for a moment, pretend you're making 50, 60 K, you have a extra 15% tax on that income that covers your loans and it doesn't just cover your loans. It covers them completely. So what you did is in exchange for your, your DC degree, you traded to the government 15% of your earnings for the next 20 years, okay? Now, that's, that's a tax. That sounds terrible, but that's a tax. And in Germany, I can guarantee you that they live good lives in Germany, and they have higher taxes than America on average by probably about that margin, right? So for a chiropractor to be successful, what you have to realize is for most people, you basically have committed yourself to paying an extra tax in exchange for your education that you received. Now, the good news is that means that what's the most important thing about your life is your savings rate, financially, that is. So, in other words, what we find is if you're getting 5% or 10% in the stock market or, you know, whatever, it doesn't actually matter nearly as much as how much you're putting away for your future. So, what we tell people is if you want to have a good financial life, if you put away 10% of your pay into some sort of retirement account and you put at least a couple hundred a month away for the tax bomb, in, you know, like a mutual fund account or a robo-advisor or some, you know, any of these companies that advertise for investment accounts, you know, you could open one of those up and just put an automated contribution in and be okay. And then the third pillar is just have an emergency fund and don't, you know, operate in, in the red constantly from a credit card perspective. 
So if you can win at those key things, here's how you generally do that. If you have a paid off car and you drive something that's, you know, like a six to $10,000 Toyota Camry kind of thing that you find on Craigslist that you save up and pay for in cash. And then for your house, if you just, you know, you probably have a partner or spouse that makes a similar income to you. If you limit your house purchase to no more than two times your joint income, then you're, you're going to have enough income left over where you're not going to feel super stressed. So that's kind of like at a high level, the sort of the key to, to financial happiness and success is somebody that's got 200000 or more in debt from chiropractic school is to realize that your debt is actually not a debt. It's a tax. The government just gives you the option to buy out that debt by turning it from a tax into a debt if you're making so much money where that 15% of your income is just unmanageable and you can't swing that. That's perfect, man. I think uh, if we change the narrative to that with a lot of people, I think they'll be a lot more optimistic um, and not get dismayed so easily that there, there's nothing that they can't escape this, this cloud over them. It's, it's not a cloud. It's just a business engagement. You, you joined up on, you should be proud yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, and I, I made this forum post on a, on this, on this dental forum where a lot of dentists hang out and it got hundreds and hundreds of responses with people that were so, some were agreeing, but some were so angry because I said, today is the best time in history to be a professional. And they it thought, is, but it is. They thought, <laughs> they, 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 all of them were like, you're nuts. You know, back in the day, all you had to do was just hang a shingle out and, uh, you know, people would just show up to your door and there was no insurance problems, no lower reimbursement rates for insurance costs, you know, where people are making less money. The saturation wasn't as big of a problem. And they love to point to the debt to income ratio. And I said, well, you know, I can't really necessarily be this authoritative source on reimbursement rates and fee schedules in your profession because that's not my expertise. But what I can say is based off of the examples of the hundreds of people that we've consulted with in, that, in your field, we know that there's this thing called Google reviews. We know that there's thing called Facebook ads, right? And we know yeah. that there's this thing called location matters when you're setting up a practice. So if you're setting up a chiropractic practice in Portland, good luck to you. You're right. going to have an extremely hard time because, you know, there's just such an extreme amount of, of saturation in a market like that, that you can be successful. Don't get me wrong, but you're going to have a harder time. And meanwhile, you have somebody in a middle sized city you know, like, uh, like, you know, I don't know, I just pick a random city, like a Chattanooga or something. Peoria, where, Illinois. It's my favorite you city to pick in these examples. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, you pick these places where you like Peoria or someplace that's not super economically vibrant, where you got a lot of people with chronic pain and, you know, just, you know, places affected uh, by the opioid crisis, perhaps, you know, people that are turning to things, you know, to, to, to try to seek relief from their just frustrations and struggles. And, uh, and, you know, chiropractors, one thing you can say about chiropractors is they're more accessible in a lot of cases for, for middle-class people than a lot of healthcare providers, like other healthcare providers are, right? So, you know, I can actually go see my chiropractor and I can actually go be able to afford their services. Whereas if I don't have good insurance, like, I'm, you know, and I'm middle-class, I'm not getting any ACA subsidies, I'm kind of out of luck, right? So, so, you know, there's ways to be successful. And I think that, you know, from a, from a loan perspective, you just got to realize that if you set yourself up in the right kind of place and you just do basic business things in 2019, like ask for reviews, uh, you know, for satisfied patients and uh, just, you know, 
up you know, like maybe Facebook ads is not necessarily a great spend. It depends on your situation, but, but certainly just basic focus on making, you know, your website have an about page and making sure that there's a lot of, you know, location specific address stuff where people can find you on, you know, on Google, right? Making sure yep. that your business is claimed on Google, like very low hanging fruit where, yeah, the person that hung a shingle out in like the eighties might've had a little bit easier path, a little less debt, a little less saturation. But the reality is, is that the chiropractor of today can, if they know that their debt is just a tax where it doesn't have to stress you and you don't have to worry about the balance that's increasing, you know, then you can focus on the positive side of the asset equation where you're trying to focus on growing your wealth versus constantly focused on this negative number. That's actually ironically irrelevant because it's a tax, not a debt. Yeah. You know, with those dentists, you didn't say, you didn't tell them now there's never been an easier time to be a dentist. You said now has never been a greater time. And there, I think there's a subtle difference there that uh, a lot of professionals don't want to hear. They hear about the, the good old days when it was easier, um, but it is right now there's never been a better time to be a professional. You just have to do your job and understand what it takes. In, um, in me and my partner, Kevin Christie, uh, we have this company called the Chiropractic Success Academy. And uh, we tell the members of the CSA that they wear four hats as a professional. You know, they got their, their uh, clinician hat. They've got to be good at being a doctor. Uh, they've got their uh, uh, marketing hat. They've got to produce content and they've got to do exactly what you say. You've got to make sure that your, your basic web presence is already complete. You know, you do have your website and your pages all set up and you've claimed your Google business and you've claimed your health grades and, You've claimed your WebMD spot and all that stuff. Uh, and then you've got your business person hat, which is this discussion fits under the business person hat of managing your funds and managing your income. And then there's that doctor within the mind space that you got to manage. You got to get your, uh, I say you got to get your Tony Robbins right, you know. <laughs> don't, don't go to Tony Robbins for financial advice, people. Go to him for the mind space advice, but stick to the, the professionals for the financial advice. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the mindset issue is so important and, and just making sure you have minimal barriers to overcome to be successful. So, for example, if you are in an expensive city, your rent is going to be way higher to break even every month. If yeah. you live in one of these expensive cities, if you need any front desk people or any kind of assistance or anything like that, you're also going to be paying much higher labor costs because that's also a factor in overhead, right? Yep. So, and, and, and then property taxes, if you own the building, or if you don't, the property taxes in, in a high property tax area like, you know, like New Jersey, right? That's going to be reflected in your rent. So if you have a very, very small overhead level, I, I joked earlier before we hit the record button that I, I rent a co-working space instead of a private office, even though we, you know, have luckily been able to help a lot of people. We produce a lot of revenue now, a lot more revenue than back in the day. But we do that because, you, know, hey, you know, hey, I have a tiny amount of overhead to overcome uh, in that regard every month. And so I would just kind of recommend the same for other chiropractors out there, like get the, get the space that you need, you know, and, and no more. Hey, and Travis, also, yeah, Travis, guess what? I what? rent a co-working space. Oh, there you with go. With a bunch of other healthcare professionals. That's creative, right? <laughs> yeah. instead, of, instead of having your, your spot open for, you know, one third of the time, right? I mean, right. Uh, your resource sharing, right? So that's kind of a, a really uh, smart way, like that gets into what you said about the best time to be a professional, right? So there's greater variability in the outcomes now. So Absolutely. you get, so you get these people that are doing better than the best chiropractors did 30 years ago, like beyond their wildest dreams, better. 
But then you also get people that are making twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year that have two hundred thousand of student loans and feel like, what the heck did I get sold? This is the biggest Ponzi scheme ever. You know, uh, going to chiropractic school, right? So you've got that dispersion of outcomes, and and so that creates this this big kind of inequality in the profession. And so the the good news is this: the 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 problems in the profession are not going to be changed overnight. It's not going to go away. You know, all the all the stresses and and pressures that chiropractors face. But the good news is if you focus on just you and focus on your situation and focus on fixing the stuff that you can fix, then you can actually be where you want to be. You have to they'll look at the man or the woman in the mirror and that's the person that's going to determine your success, not necessarily what's going on in the industry or who's in the White House or what your student loans are or any of that. Can, can, a, can a professional manage their student loans without financial responsibility, discipline? Do you think the financial discipline and responsibility are the absolute must foundation? That's a great question. I mean, um, in terms of manage their student loans, um, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I think that if you, you sign up for one of these income-driven plans, I almost think that you could manage them without being irresponsible at all. Sure. I, I know that's probably not the right answer, but uh, but 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 in reality, you know, if you sign up for one of these income-driven plans and you certify your your monthly payment once a year, They'll pull the money out every month. You don't have to do anything. And if you don't get used to that money being in your bank account, you're probably not going to spend it or put it on, you know, the expected amount you're going to earn, you know, on credit cards or something because you know that you don't have that money. So, I mean, the, I guess the, the downside of that is definitely the person that's not responsible and disciplined is not going to be doing things like planning for the tax bomb and putting money away for retirement to lower their adjusted gross income, to lower their student loan payments. So there's definitely a lot of money that the, non-disciplined person is going to cost themselves like tens of thousands probably in, in lost dollars long-term uh, as well as potentially having to look at, you know, maybe doing a settlement with the IRS once the tax bomb hits. So uh, I, you know, I think that's, but I guess that's what I'm just trying to say is even somebody who's borderline irresponsible, as long as you, you know, pay attention to the volume of email which we'll get if you start going into default or delinquency, right. you know, just <laughs> that automated, you know, once a year thing. I mean, how hard is it to do something once a year? I mean, it's, it's, it's painful, it's stressful, it's complicated, but, but just a lot of people I know that contact us because they're looking for the anxiety relief uh, more so than, the, you know, than, than anything uh, in some cases. Like Bill, I've already for many years been checking the box, like give me the lowest payment plan because they give yep. you, a, a, you know, an option where you just press the button, like give, give, whatever it is, give me the lowest payment plan. So, uh, so yeah, so I mean, I think that there's plenty of people that are going to be just fine not talking to some group like us, uh, but they'll probably work a lot longer because if you don't know that savings rate stuff, then you start making decisions that, you know, you're not aware of the consequences about how many years it's going to add to your working career. Yeah, we can begin to build a roadmap here, right? Like, for, for instance, we're probably not, like, if you're a student listening to this and you're listening, kudos to you. Because you, at least you're listening. And really, uh, as far as a student goes, that's probably the most we can start to ask is listen, start paying attention. And if you're a little bit ahead of the curve, start preparing for how you're going to plan. But students are not the target of this conversation because, quite frankly, in my own editorial opinion, they're not really listening at this point. They don't know what is about to hit them. They don't believe it. I, I think they don't believe it. I think they are sold sort of this bill of goods that everything's going to be just fine. Uh, we always ask students in our Facebook group, you know, what plan, what expected salary 
do you think you're going to get once you graduate? It's always an absurdly higher number than the actual salaries that, that associates are getting paid right out of school. And um, so they're not the target. I think the, the, where this roadmap starts would be the target of the brand new graduate. They finally got that, that six month grace period is over and now it's time. And now uncle Sam is knocking. So what kind of roadmap would you lay out for somebody who's just getting started? What could they do? What kind of actions can they take? I mean, sure. Besides what you've already said, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and like, honestly, like the, the, so we're kind of doing two separate services now um, since we last talked. So one is we do consults with people that are basically within a couple months of graduation to like 10 to 15 years out in some cases. So anybody in that realm, I would say probably 90% of people could optimize what they're doing with their loans better and save money. Um, What, what the, definite outcome of, of getting a plan is usually just relieving that anxiety and knowing exactly what you need to be doing. So the good news is when you do that for somebody that just graduated, there's not tons of mistakes that were made already baked in that you have to kind of adjust for, right? Yeah, so you're starting absolutely. a fresh slate, which is great. So right now, the, the best thing to do probably from now until January 2021, when we'll have a new president and uh, who knows who that'll be, uh, if, if, you know, you'll have a, a, a you know, another Trump administration or if you'll have a new, uh, you know, somebody else. So, so from, from now until then, what you should do is just consolidate your student loans, get it on a direct consolidation uh, by logging into studentloans.gov after you graduate and just doing that and then signing up for the pay as you earn plan. And then if you do that before you get your first paycheck, you can honestly tell the truth, which is that you didn't make it taxable income, right? Or you don't have one yet. So you can pay $0 a month and have that count towards the 20 years of, of payments that you need towards forgiveness. Ooh, that is nice. Yeah. So you do that. And then when you finally have to give them your most recent tax return that shows the taxable income, okay, then your payment's going to be, you know, three, 400 a month, something like that. And yeah. then if you can afford to put three to 500 a month away in a, in a non-retirement investment account, that kind of covers your tax bomb for most people. And then for the retirement piece, you know, if you don't have any retirement offered to, through you by your office, then you can do a traditional IRA and deduct it. And then if you, you know, do have something at your office, participate in it and try to maximize it. And if you are your own practice owner, then you need to set up, you know, either an SEP IRA, self-employed person's IRA, which is the easiest option, or you need to set up your own 401k for the, for the practice. So, you know, I would say that's the, the the key thing to do is just to consolidate and get it on, you know, revised page burn is the other one. But so get it on either the the page you earn or the revised page burn right away, and then you know a lot of things are going to be a lot easier that way. Perfect. Why do you do this? Why I do you care? yeah. I mean, uh, my wife got some terrible advice and it cost us a lot of money, and I was really pissed off about it. To be honest, um, I thought that it was ridiculous that she worked 80 hours a week as a resident physician and then, you know, 60 hours a week as a fellow. And so seven years of training and because of some bad student loan advice that some idiot at a call center gave her, uh, she had basically wasted seven years that could have counted towards 10 years for her loan forgiveness program that she could have signed up for. And, yeah, that's uh, your future, right? Your future where you get to finally get your wife back. Yeah. And, and do fun and, things. Yeah, exactly. And so they, they screwed us over. And so, you know, it, it was just a mess trying to figure out what to do. And nobody was helping anybody really with this focus. And uh, I thought, well, you know, the world's got a ton of financial planners that do a decent job, but they don't have a lot of people that only focus on student loans. And that's the number one anxiety 
that the most people feel is their student loan debt. So, uh, you know, that's, that's why I wanted to do this and focus on it because I thought I could make a big impact. And uh, I used to be a bond trader and make, made a lot of wealthy people even richer. And, uh, you know, when somebody's already won the game and you're kind of trying to pad their margin of victory, uh, I'd rather kind of help somebody win the game. What kind of, um, what's, what kind of stories have you heard? Like, for example, what kind of things have people told you after you've managed their, their student loans or their finances a little bit? Most people just breathe a lot easier. Like they're like, I can finally really sleep and relax tonight. Um, that's probably the most common emotion, you know, yeah. uh, you know, some, some people are, are so happy that some really kind of scary things happen. Like one person moved to this, uh, native American reservation, uh, after I told her that, you know, you, she could go for a forgiveness path and didn't have to pay back the loans. Um, and so she did that because that was kind of her passion anyway. And so she went up there and so she like sent me a note a year later and she's like, just want to let you know, because of that phone call, I, you know, opted out of my partnership buy-in. I sold my house. I moved to like the woods of like Northern Canada, next to Canada and um, serving Native Americans and having the best time of my life. And we built a cabin in the woods and we're living like throw and it's just amazing. <laughs> that's pretty and awesome. I thought, wow, I was like, that's, uh, that's kind of nuts. And then like a couple months ago, I got an email, you know, I told somebody in LA that like, I didn't like the fact that their entire net worth was tied up in their house and they were just so burdened by paying their monthly mortgage payment that they had no money left over for anything else. Yeah, house felt, poor. So yeah, Californian. Yeah, exactly. And I just said, well, let me ask you this. I said, you know, based off of the price to rent ratio of housing in California, you know, if, if everything goes perfectly right, housing prices will stay where they are. And if anything goes wrong, it'll get worse and you'll have, you'll be a lot poorer and you can have all this cash flow if you just rented, you know, instead of owned. Uh, and they were like, that's interesting. And so I got an email from them. They're like, just sold our house. Uh, we have 500,000 in, in uh, proceeds because <laughs> they had owned it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they bought it like the bottom of the market and, and everything. And so they were like, so we paid off our, you know, 100,000 credit card debt and we paid off our car loans and we fully funded our retirements and we have an emergency fund now. And, and I was like, okay, I don't care what happens to the housing market. Like these people did something transformational, yeah. you know? Like they're operating from a position of financial strength and security and they, they can have kids now without stressing out. Um, and, you know, and so some people like, you know, like the far end of the spectrum, people like just break down. They're so happy, you know. Now the other end of the spectrum, you know, somebody gets super pissed off because I tell them that like their housing costs way too much, you know. So <laughs> it works both ways, right? Like not everybody's satisfied. That's impossible. But, um, but, but it I has was, a pool, you jerk. Yeah, exactly. Like usually I joke that like, uh, you know, like, like the school district that is the only school district in the world for that kid, their kid can possibly go to, right. you know, horse farms and like, you know, F eight fifties are like my biggest nemesis. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, but, but besides that, you know, besides that kind of, you know, 1% kind of pool that, that's, that's not open to help. Um, you know, people generally are pretty happy. What do you think about this? So I just finished, I just got back from speaking in Australia and there's a chiropractor there. It goes by the name of Mike Swain and he brought this up and I'd heard it before, but I think it's something I want to reanimate, uh, particularly for these evidence-based chiropractors who are really passionate about doing what's right for people, patient centered. They want to, they want to follow established science or rule to come up with ways to, to manage people and be integrative with all the other professionals. But it seems like financially they aren't as, uh, financially successful is the rumor than, than other chiropractors because they don't, because the evidence wouldn't dictate uh, lifelong treatment plans or, or cash upfront payment and things like that. So Mike Swain 
came up, and I mean, he didn't come up with it, but he reanimated it, and I like it. He said, um, it, is a, it is our responsibility as the chiropractors, it is our responsibility to be as financially successful as we possibly can. Because if we are the, as financially successful as we possibly can, uh, we, can af- we can afford to make bigger moves in our professions and in our lives, and we will endear more people to, to practice like us, and, uh, and we can move our quote-unquote agenda forward from a, a level of success that other people would want to aspire to. So do you think that, you think it, does that sound good? Like it's our professional responsibility to be as successful as possible uh, with the, with the given assumption that we're doing that in an ethical way. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think you have something that could help people, it's kind of an obligation that you reach out to try to help others. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and if, if you're good at what you do, you should be confident in that. And you should know that you provide value and not everybody's going to find value in it. And that's fine. You know, you're not looking to have every single person in your community use chiropractic care. You're looking for, you know, a dedicated three to 5% or whatever, you know, or 1% or 0.1%, right? Like whatever that, that niche of customers or patients that's going to need your help, you're going to be able to identify them if you just speak open and honestly and you do a good job. And the other thing I'd say too is, you know, my wife's, like I said, a, a physician and she, uh, she could kind of care less about money. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting right. that any chiropractor should care less about money. Uh, but that said, I think that it's all about feeling like you're making a good, fair income and you and you can sleep well at night. You know, so remember that, you know, there's a lot of teachers out there that love what they do and they make terrible money, right? right. So chiropractors definitely in general make more than teachers do. Now, Maybe if you adjust for the stress and the entrepreneurial risk and the time off, you know, you can make an argument. But, you know, in general, chiropractors earn more and especially the higher earning ones make a lot more. And, uh, and I would just say that, you know, if you're making 80 to 100K a year and, you, and your community loves you, you have patients that love you, people say good things about you, you're respected in your field, you know, you've made it. You yeah, know, stop, your pie hole. Yeah. You know, stop, stop comparing yourself to you know, the physician or the dentist down the street that you play golf with that you found out makes, you know, triple what you do because there's always somebody that's going to make a lot more than you, right? Like I can complain like, you know, professional football players make, you know, hundreds of times what I'll ever make in my lifetime, but that's, that's kind of complaining about NBA players because they don't make as much as them. And (laughs) right. Yeah. Like that's just a, that's just a formula for being unhappy. So, and and the other thing I'd say is if you're really unhappy about it, you want to make way more money because you think you'd make more. Well, Remember I said that the, the worst case scenario is your loans are like 15% of your income. Well, there's no preclusion to you going back to school and getting another degree and doing something totally different and it makes no difference in your student loan payments. Yeah. So I've had people do that. I've had people like one, per, one person went back to go to become a, like a nurse practitioner or like nursing school or other people went back to become a lawyer. I mean, it's like kind of interesting that the student loan system in America allows that, but, uh, but it does. And so it doesn't even matter if you have four, five, six hundred thousand in debt. If you double dip and get another degree because you're like, ah, oh, maybe this isn't for me, that's okay. You just pay you the can, tax. You just pay the tax. You can literally do anything you want to do in life. And yeah, you're losing 15% because of your educational decision of your earnings. But again, remember, you're in Germany, you know, and at least you're not in Sweden where they pay, you know, 70% in taxes. You know, I think this episode will give a people a a nice fresh breath of fresh air um obviously talking to travis once again the website and any other contact info 
Sure. So studentloanplanner.com is a website. So that's the stuff to get the, the place to get the free stuff. And then uh, if you kind of need practice at the bottom as usual. Yep. Well, <laughs> everyone's at the bottom, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, actually you're in the top if you look at the categories ranking, cause it's there you uh, go. alphabetical. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, and we, you know, we do custom plans for like 300 to 600 bucks, depending on how much you owe. Probably for most chiropractors, it's going to be like the 300 to 450 range. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and so that's that email for that is help at studentloanplanner.com. And we, uh, I guess one big change is we have a team now. It's not just me anymore. We have uh, four of us total that do student loan plans now. Look at you. So, yeah. So, uh, so remember that earn as much as you can, help as many people as you can thing. So we're taking our own cooking here. So, uh, so, you know, one of the, one of those folks, Rob, Lauren, or Justin will, will probably respond uh, or, or me. Uh, and we'll tell you whether or not we think we could help. Just make sure you give us a lot of info and uh, kind of what you're looking for, what kind of clarity you're looking for. And we'll tell you if we think we can help or not. Another chance for a breath of fresh air would be to uh, see and meet Travis at four 2019 at St. Logan university, St. Louis, Missouri, sorry, Chesterfield, Missouri. Uh, and he's going to be there on Friday, September 20th talking. Um, and then the big fresher breath there would be, of course, if you need their services to contact Travis and the team at Student Loan Planner. Um, yeah. I enjoy talking to you. I wish we were uh, better friends, but you're busy and I'm busy and we don't live near each other. And I don't know any of your hobbies. Those are all things that preclude friendship. But I do enjoy talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you too, Bobby. Yeah. So I think we're, we're at four in the 430 slot, right? At the, yeah. At the yeah, and um, hopefully that sticks and that doesn't change, but of course be adaptable, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So come out and see us if, if you, how about well, if don't you worry have about a- it, Travis, that whole, people stay for that whole event, the whole TED Talk, they'll be there for the whole thing. Oh, good. Well, yeah, listen, if you, if, you, if, you, if you make sure you come for the whole time, I promise you, your mind is going to be totally blown. Like your, your, your mind is going to be sitting in so many pieces on the floor by the end of the talk that you're just gonna, you're gonna have to like probably spend some extra time you know, with a vacuum, getting them all together, putting them back together again, because it's, it's going to be fun. <laughs> that's, that's the purpose of the TED Talk. The unfortunate uh, thing here, students, if a student is listening going to Forward 2019, is the big student expos on Saturday, and Travis will be there Friday. So if you don't have the full uh, weekend ticket, uh, you might miss Travis's portion. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, get thank you very much. Uh, it's going to be, I'm going to be um, super excited to meet you and shake your hand. And uh, I think you'll be impressed with the crowd that we've gathered in St. Louis. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on Bobby. And thanks Absolutely. for hosting me at your conference. Thank you for doing what you do. I really appreciate it. I really do. Okay, everyone, that was our interview with Travis Hornsby, studentloanplanner.com. And now it's time for the pain zone finish. Dun, dun, dun. Look, everybody, there is hope. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to have a plan. And once you have a plan, then you can breathe. And once you breathe, then you can act. And uh, it, obviously, there are professionals out there to help you. Um, there are colleagues that are willing to support you and offer you advice. They can be found in the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. And uh, there's always a way. Uh, it's not a bad way to think about it. A little, you're just paying a tax on the education that you got. And if you want to get out of that tax, buy that government off by being extraordinary. Um, that's it, man. 
there is hope if you're feeling beat up let down turned out whatever it is about your student loans don't get mad get a plan and uh this pain zone finish was brought to you by pain zone be sure to go to ipainzone.com because when you got student loans you can't be buying a whole bunch of stuff so get the free samples at ipainzone.com and then once you notice how awesome this stuff is pain zone uh, then you will be willing to when you have money available invest in the product and then you can sell it to patients and then you'll have more money to pay your loans take care